Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. In other words, everywhere that you go, you got to take this with you. Write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, even when you speak, let what is written come out of your tongue. So you will find favor and good success. Somebody say good success. Somebody say good success. So your translations say in a good name. It says in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your and lean not on your own understanding. Have your way once again in Jesus' name. We all said? Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, money ain't successful, you are. Come on, tell them, money ain't successful, you are. Far too often, whenever we talk about money, we think the more money, the more success. And that's not how it works. In the world system, that may be how it works, but in the kingdom business, somebody say kingdom business. Somebody say kingdom business. You gotta have a kingdom mindset. Okay? You gotta have a kingdom mindset. And I have not spoken here for a little while, so I was even debating. I wanted to come up here and speak an inspirational message and get you guys going and, hey, come on. But God said, no. He told me this actually about three weeks ago. When you come back and you speak, you're going to speak on money. I said, oh, man. Because let's be honest, people don't like it when we talk about money. We get funny. Right? Especially in today's day and age and, and the viral videos that go all around. And you see all these different preachers and pastors and go, oh, see, that's it. All the, all the church wants is your money. And I'm telling you right now, if you think like that, you have a secular mindset. Now, let's be honest. I understand that. I'm actually okay with that. But the more you come to church and the more you come to the kingdom of God, you should start changing your mindset. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your, as a man thinks, so is he. So the way you think is the way you're going to act. And so some of you, you have a perception of experience that maybe before you've had a bad experience with money, therefore you're going to have a bad experience with church. That's how you think. Somebody's robbed me. Somebody's done this to me. Somebody's done bad with me. Or even right now, some of you are broke as a joke, as they say. So right now you're like, I don't want to hear about money. Matter of fact, that's the time you should hear about money the most. And the thing is, we don't talk about it. But today, we're going to talk about it. You know why? Because I believe that kingdom believers should be blessed. I believe that you should be blessed. Now, this is it. You should be blessed to be a blessing. Are you hearing me? You should be blessed to be a blessing. That's kingdom mindset. The carnality, if you will, if that's even the term that you want to use within Christianity, the carnality says, I just want to be blessed, and that's it. But if you can do this, you're blessed. If you could just do that, you're blessed. The moment you stop doing that, 
then to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. But you're blessed. But while you're here on this earth, I want to give you some kingdom principles that I believe are going to help you. Now, these are going to help you no matter where you're at, no matter who you are. But one thing that you really have to understand that when it comes to money, people get funny. People get real funny. Matter of fact, I heard a story one time of a, a, a lady by the name of Ann Landers. You guys remember Ann Landers? All the ladies, mm, I remember Ann Landers. She had an interesting letter in her column that she used to write. It was from a girl who was writing about her uncle and her aunt. She said this, My uncle was the tightest man I've ever known. All his life, every time he got paid, he took $20 out of his paycheck and put it under his mattress. Then one day he got sick and he was about to die. As he was dying, he told his wife, I want you to promise me one thing. Promise what? she asked. I want you to promise me that when I'm dead, you'll take all my, mon my money from under my mattress and put it in my casket so that I can take it all with me. The girl's letter went on with the rest of the story and says, he died and his wife kept her promise. She went in and got all the money the day he died and went to the bank and deposited it and wrote a check and put it in his casket. I give you all of me. People get funny with money. I don't care if it's a dollar or a thousand dollars. People just get funny. And if you don't know how to handle it, this is the thing. It's not the money that's funny. It's your thinking. My father used to call it stinking thinking. Because if you don't have the right thinking about money... It's going to mess you up. Matter of fact, the number one and still, they say number two, number one reason now for divorces in America is financial hardship. That's it. It's money. But the thing about it is that is because we come with these two single mindsets as married couples. I handle money this way. No, I handle money this way. And you come together, but it never, ever meshes. There never becomes that opposite, right? Because that's what they say, opposites attract. And what do you do with magnets? You get a positive and a negative, and it comes together. But when you get a positive and a positive, or a negative and a negative, it's, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. So what you have to understand here today, I want to give you some principles that are going to help you become successful. This is very important. The moment I said the word success, right away, a lot of you started thinking, bling. Bigger houses, more cars, more money. No, I don't want to give you principles to become successful in the world's eyes. I want to give you principles to become successful in God's eyes. Totally different thing. And I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that word success because I want to drive that worldly thinking out of you. Because the moment I say success, you think movie stars, you think music stars. That's successful. No, my friend, the Bible says a good name is far better than all the rubies. And a good name translated is success. If you have a good name, you're a successful man. If you got a good name, you're a successful woman. That, my friend, is where the success comes from. But we're going to talk about it in a way of money. Somebody say money. Somebody say money. Now, this is very important. I'm going to give you some principles, but these principles are not microwave principles. Okay? It's very important. 
This is not microwave theology. In other words, oh, okay, I'm going to do this and it's all good. No. These principles have to do with your behavior. Somebody say behavior. These are behavioral principles, not just active principles or action principles. you got to behave the right way. When I correct my son, I'm expecting him to get what I'm telling him and then continue to do what I just told him. If he doesn't, then what happens? I get frustrated. Man, I already told you. I already told you. And the thing about it is that there are so many powerful principles of behavior that are inside of here. If you will just read them, they will help you in your financial hardships. Now, let's be honest one more time before I give you these principles. Let's be honest. How many of you at one time in your life have been through some financial hardships? Raise your hand. All right. Okay, good. That's good. So we've all been there. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you are there even right now? Mm -hmm. You don't have to raise your hand, but it's okay. Some of you are like, I'm just going to be honest. All right. Let's get Karate Kid on them, right? We're just there. And so a lot of times when we think of finances, we, we, we're trying to get this infomercial mentality. If I just do a 1-800-do-this, it's going to change everything. And that's not how it works. That's not the principles of the kingdom of God. But if you will learn and understand these principles, very important. If you understand these principles, I guarantee you, you are going to learn what success really is. Now, as I read these and I share these, right away, I, I like the way Pastor Tony Kemp brought it the other day. You're going to have to audit me as a teacher, right? I love that. If you weren't here on Thursday, you need to listen to the podcast. Listen, to it. it was powerful. Because he gave a great preaching, and then he started acting on his preaching, right? So in other words, me as a preacher, I cannot just come up here and tell you all these things. Because right away, you're going to look at me and say, well, Pastor, what about you? Exactly. Tell, I'm telling you, I've been there before where I've had nothing but drinking water and ketchup soup. That's it. That's all we've had in our house for a while. When my, when my wife first got pregnant, I'm telling you, man, it was hard. And the funny thing about it is that we got blessed with diaper. It was called the, what did they do that? The diaper service, right? Somebody blessed us with diapers for, for a year. We are like, yay! And then we started getting those diapers, and we're like, oh, this is a curse. Because... They were cloth diapers. If you've ever had cloth diapers as opposed to plastic diapers, now some of you, you may love it, say, all right, great. Well, we didn't love it. Because cloth diapers absorb and soak, soak through. And when the baby is sleeping with you, you get what I'm saying? So at first, I was like, yay, I'm blessed. Two weeks into it, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> See, some of you right now, you might be getting blessed in a certain way, but you're going to find out if you don't really know how to handle it, it could be a curse. It could be. And so it's very important here today that you understand that what we're talking about, what we're going to talk about here this morning when it comes to success in a financial standard is that it's not the success of the world, but it's the success of God. A good name. I want you to have a good name that when people see you, they go, man, that's a good man right there. That's a good woman right there. That's a good couple right there. A good name is worth far more than any rubies. Can I hear an amen? amen. So we're going to talk about some principles. Somebody say principles. Let's go to the principles office. Are you ready? 
We're going to get some principles right here, right now. This is very important. Now, again, been there, even many times, still there. But as I apply these principles, as I apply these things, I'm able to have the success that God has for me. Are you ready? Okay, number one. Number one. Principles. Get out of debt. Now, some of these things are going to be like, oh, man, well, duh, right? Duh, get out of debt. I, I could do that. Well, again, we're talking about behavioral. Behavioral. This is very important to get out of debt. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Matter of fact, I was searching the web and I found this clip. I want to show you this clip. I hope it works. It wasn't working earlier, but hopefully it's going to work right now. Watch this clip. It's an old school clip, but I like it. Ricky, don't be such a tight wad. You know the terms, David. Take them or leave them. It's only $3. If you don't lend me the money, I can't go to the dance. Well, you know the terms. Okay, okay, it's a deal. Here's your $3. Now remember, it's only for 24 hours, Ricky. Ricky, wait a minute. Okay. Oh, royal mogul, master of the land, sea, and all the universe, I am your servant. The shoes, boy. Debt. Debt equals risk. It's a risk. When you go into something and you try something and put yourself in a hole. And it's very, I, I believe that Christians, Bible-believing disciples, should not be in debt. Now, this is very important because when we talk about this, right away you say, well, I have got this debt. Or I, I have to pay this off. And I got this. This is very important because the Bible talks about how the slave is servant to the master. No one can serve two masters, right? You know why? Because slaves have no options. You don't have an option. You have no other. You got to pay it. You got to pay it up, pay up. This has to be done. See, and, and the thing about slaves is that slaves are not very generous people. See, I know some of you in your heart, you want to give, don't you? But you can't. Why? Because you're in debt, Right? They come up, and, or maybe you'll hear something about a, a missionary or a building fund. You're like, yeah, I want to give. But because you're in debt, the master tells you, no, you won't. No, you won't. Now, isn't it funny how there's even things called master card? It's crazy, huh? American distress, right? <laughs> Discovered bondage, right? All these different things, these, these, these plastic cars and uh, cards that we have. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that they've done focus groups on stuff like this, is that when you pay with cards, you are more likely to spend, 18% more likely to spend more money if you have cards as opposed to cash. It's truth. It's the truth. They've done studies on this. There's nothing I've even made. It's not even the biblical. I'm giving you the stats of today. Because... They want you to spend and spend and spend because the more you spend thinking you're acquiring, they're actually acquiring 
your debt. They're taking a hold of you. And the Bible talks about how your treasure and your heart come together. So if your treasure is in debt, then guess what? So is your heart. Your heart is always looking for something. Look for something to fill it. So what, you, what do you do? Acquire more, acquire more, acquire more. Well, listen, this is a, a, a powerful, powerful principle that if you will acquire this thing and you will get it, you will understand that, man, it's a powerful thing to be out of debt. Can you imagine? Just think about this. Some of you, you have car payments, right? You got a house payment. You got all this payment. You got this payment. You got that payment. Can you just imagine this for a quick second? No payments whatsoever. Just think about that. Okay, now come back to reality. The average car payment in America is $479 over five years. That's the average. Some below, some above. $479 over 72 months. That's crazy. I looked this up. I found this. Do you know? That if you were to put $479 in a decent stock mutual, growth mutual fund from the age 30 till you're 70, you will have made $5.6 million. $479 a month by the time you're 70. From 30 to 70. I hope you like the car. I hope you like it. See, but we're, we're so involved. See, we're like, oh, no, I got to do it. I got to have this. I got to have the latest stuff. I got to get this. And when in all reality, do you really have to have it? Do you really? Or is it you're just longing for it? Because the borrower becomes servant to the lender. See, I told you guys, you, you may not like me after this one. Like, oh, pastor, don't be talking about that. I like my pet debt. It's nice. Man, I was even looking up about college and, colleges and universities Oh, my gosh. The statistics on that are astounding. I mean, I didn't even want to read it because it would depress you. Oh, you just get depressed. Like, oh, my gosh. You want to know the crazy thing is? And this is kingdom principles. As they talk about, as goes the king, so goes the kingdom, right? That's why I want to challenge you. Get in the kingdom of God. Don't get in the kingdom of the United States of America. Because guess what? The United States of America, what do we always talk about? Debt. So if they're always talking about debt, and they're always concerned about the debt, then that's how you're going to think. You're going to think the same way. We're $16 trillion in debt. You know, let's be honest. They can make up any number, and it just depresses you. Does anybody know if it's true? No, we don't really know. They just say it. And we just go, oh, my God, 60 trillion. I can't even count that high. But just when you hear, hear that word debt, that's like probably the worst four-letter word you're ever going to hear. Like, ah, oh, debt. Oh, she cursed at me. Ah, oh, debt. It's horrible. Because when it comes to the, the borrower and the, uh, the servant, be, though, excuse me, the borrower is truly servant to the lender. See, the thing about slavery is that slavery is just, in a debt, it, it makes you whine and complain, right? Always whining and complaining. That's what debt really is. Debt is like whining and complaining. Man, I can't do this. I can't do that. I got to get this. I got to get that. There's always that complaint that is there. And so you got to be very careful. I heard a preacher come behind the pulpit a while ago, and he said this. I really liked it. He said, you buy things you don't need with money you don't have 
to impress people you don't like. That's all debt is. You buy things you really don't need. Let's be honest. Some of us, our garages are filled with things. Do you really need it? You like having it, though. Well, while you have that, somebody else has your soul. With something of a garage. That all it is is just plastic. It's just plastic. See, this is very important. I, I, I'm trying to give you principles because I want you to be free. Because uh, I know that some of you, you walk into church and you're so excited for church. And you're like, yes, yes. And you lift your hands and you, you move and you dance. And you're like, yeah. And then you go back home and you're like, oh, man, this is horrible. I'm still in debt. You're free here, but you're in bondage there. I want to make sure that you guys really get these principles because it's very, very important. Somebody say debt free in 2016. Tell your neighbor, you're going to be debt free. Come No, tell them with conviction, you're going to be debt free. Number two, that was number one, get out of debt. Number two, act your wage. Act your wage. Come on, Kanye West, act your wage. Show you this video. Let me show you this video right here. I like this little video right here. I like the classics today. I just do. Let's see. Act your wage. 
When you don't act your wage, it puts you in a position to act in a way that takes you beyond your limits. This man found himself becoming a thief and a burglar. The Bible says, for the thief comes to kill and destroy. Paralleled with another scripture in the Old Testament that says, but how do you rob me? You rob me in tithes and offerings. Finances. When you don't act your wage, it puts you in a position to become a thief, become a liar, dishonest. When you don't act your way, it's very, very important. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20 says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. In the NIV, it says it like this. I like the way it says it. It says, But fools gulp theirs down. You need to learn to live on less than you make. You got to learn to do that. For some of you right now, say, no, but pastor, I love my shoes. I got to have them. And those are guys. You're not acting your wage. It's a principle. Learn to live on less than you make. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about it in depth just a little bit. But I want you to understand something. It, it just does not make any sense to spend everything that you get. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? You get $100, I'm going to spend $100. Well, then don't be surprised when something comes out of nowhere. Just don't be surprised. You have to be able to understand that what you get, don't be foolish with. The Bible calls it be being a fool when you spend everything that you get. Gulps everything down. Now, this is what I've learned. You do not want to become a biblical fool. I've learned that. There's so many different terms in the Bible that talk about fool that is not our type of fool. Like, we, we use terminology like, hey, what's up, fool? Okay, in the Bible, <laughs> that's not pretty. A fool gulps down everything. A fool says in the heart, there is no God, right? These are fools. When, when you hear the word fool, it is not good. It is not a good thing. And a fool will gulp down everything that they acquire. So being a biblical fool, I, I don't know about you, I do not want to touch that. See, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. See, being content is one of the most powerful financial weapons you'll ever use. Be content. T tell your neighbor, be content. Tell them one more time, be content. Now, for whatever reason, this show will not go off the air. I hate the title. I don't know what, whatever you want to do with it. But there was a term back in the days called keeping up with the Joneses. We've just turned it around to our generation. It says keeping up with the Kardashians. Now, it's a great title because it's just a play on words from a phrase from a generational past. But now it's become a statement in our girls' lives. What is she wearing? I want that. Where is she going? I want to go there. What is, and what you're not realizing is that all that costs. And all you're looking at is that, man, if only I had that. Well, you have something. It's called contentment. Keep it. You don't need that. Because if you're honest, and if we're all honest here today, it's just going to sit in the closet or it's just going to sit in the garage. Right. 
keeping up with this, keeping up with that. Well, I want this. I got the latest shoes. I got the latest shoes. Now, remember, we're talking about acting your own wage. I remember when I was in junior high and high school, I saw somebody. I'll never forget the first day. Uh, I think it was in sixth grade. A friend of mine came to school, and he had these Reeboks. Oh, they were the bomb. They were called pumps. Ooh. They were the bomb. And I'll never forget, he walked on to school, and, you know, he had his pants inside so that you could see the basketball pump, and he would walk up, he's all, what's up, guys? And everybody would like, oh, that's tight. And the first thing out of our mouths, I want that. Did we care that we had no money and we were in junior high? No, we were going to do whatever it took to tell our parents, I want that. Some of us are in the same way when it comes to God. We see things, oh, God, give me that car. I want that car. Act your own wage. God, give me that wife. I want that wife. Some of you ain't even got any wages and you want a wife. Did we just go there right now? Did we just? I I see far too often. It's not in my notes, but I see far too often. I see so many guys that come in and they just want a girl. They ain't even got a job. You know that before Adam had Eve, he had a job? Before Adam had Eve, he had a job. Name all the animals. Take care of everything. Take care of the land. That's what God told them. Take care of the land. That's what you're supposed to do. You got to do something. Put your hands away. Lazy hands, idle hands find no worth, the Bible says. Lazy hands find no worth. So now I'm talking for those of us who say, okay, well, I work. I work. Okay, good. Act according to your wage. Don't try saying, well, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that girl. No, no, no. Look at what God has given you and be content. Be content with, I'm telling you, when you learn how to be content, oh, there's so much stress level that's gone. Man, the moment I learned how to not keep up with the Joneses, oh my gosh, this, this is a powerful principle. Say, like, man, I'm pretty good with top ramen. Man, I'm good with that. Eventually, I'm going to get to filet mignon, but for right now, I'm filet de ramen, you know. I'm all right with that. It's okay. I'm going to be here all the time. As I grow in the things of God, so will my wages grow. The labor is worthy of his. Number three. Okay. Are you guys getting some here this morning? Number three. Okay. I know I'm about to cuss at some of you, but I need you to get this. Okay. Number two is act your own wage. Number one, get out of debt. Number three, get on a budget. Some of y'all are going to go home and say, the pastor cussed at me, man. That's a curse word. We don't ever say budget in this house. (laughs) Let me ask you this question. If you worked for you, would you rehire you or fire you? Think about it. Let it settle in. If you worked for you, would you hire you? 
or would you fire you? Would you do that? There's so many different portions of Scripture all throughout the Bible. Matthew chapter 25, we read this story a lot, but this has to do with budgeting. Look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 26. It says, his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Now, really quick, it's the parable of the talents. One got five, right? One got two, and another person got one. And they were supposed to invest and do accordingly. But the, the person with the one didn't do what he was supposed to do. So what happened was, came back to the master, you wicked and lazy servant, so you knew that I had harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. See, the guy who had five doubled it, got 10, and even got more because he budgeted. Got another one. For whoever has it will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Give it to the one who is taking care of the little things. Give it to the one who knows exactly what they're doing with what they have. Give it to that one. Being on a budget, it's very important to get on this budget. I know the guys and the girls that live with me, they hear this all the time. Well, not all the time, but every so often I will tell them, hey, 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 get on a budget. Get on a budget. Believe me, when I got here with Sister Bev and we started going over the finances, one of the first things, the first things that we did, that we talked about right away was, we're going to get on this budget. I'm going to go stick to it. Now, believe me, it was hard because there was some financial mishaps and mistakes that were taking place when we got here. But I said, no, 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 we're going to get out this thing. And I can say with all sincerity, with all honesty, since we have been here, that I can, I can think there's one month, I think one month in the, going on five years now that we've been here, that we got in the red. I didn't like that. I hated that. If you don't know what the red means, red means debt. Or, you know, you don't have what you're supposed to have. That's what the red is. That's why they call it Black Friday, right? To get you in the black. So everything, if you were in the red at any time with your corporation, with your business, sell everything, get in the black. That's what the term is for, necessarily. It's a corporational term. But when we got here, I said, okay, no, I want to make sure we're not going to do this. And since then, no, there have been things that we have not been able to do. Say, no, we can't do that. Why not? Because it costs too much money. Don't do it. Get on the budget. What is the budget? You know what you need to do with the budget? When you get your check, give every dollar a name. That's what you do. That's what a budget is. I'm giving you the principles that I've, Sister Bev, right? Don't we, don't we do this? We do this just every week we do this. What's the budget? Where are we at? How are we looking at? Where does this go? Where does this not go? What can we do? What can we not do? Because when you budget accordingly, God will honor that. God will honor what you are given to you and if you take care of that. See, all, all, far too often, many times when we look at the parable of the talents, we discern it to heaven and hell, but it's a banking term. This is banking, budgeting. I know you don't like to hear this word, but it's something very important to do. And if you budget correctly, you will be giving accordingly. When I was uh, for, in high school, uh, it was a junior in high school, and I remember my first car. First car that I ever got was a... I think it was a 19, I think I wrote it down, 1987 Buick something. I don't even know what it was, but it was a Buick, some sort of Buick. 1987, 
Right? Pretty cool. Well, the problem was I got it in 1997, so all that cool. And so when I got my first car, I was like, yeah, but the youth in me, the youngster in me, give me a Corvette. Ooh, what I could do with a Corvette, it's on. But my parents, because they love me, said, oh, no, you get a Buick. Why? Because they love me. A loving father will give you accordingly what you can and cannot handle. See, some of you right now, you say, I want a million dollars. You can barely budget a thousand. Why do you want a million? And if you're not careful, like so many lottery, lottery winner, winners of the past, I, I shared this statistic before about how so many lottery winners that win the lottery and they get millions of dollars overnight. All it does, it makes them rich overnight, but it doesn't change their behavior. If you were stupid with $10, you're going to be stupid with $10,000. Doesn't change your behavior. If you were dumb with $1, you're going to be dumb with a million dollars. I don't care. No big deal. You're going to do the same thing. I don't care. No big deal. Money doesn't change your behavior. It just makes you more of whatever you are. That's all it is. It just makes you more of a, if you are a giving person with $10, you'll be giving with $1,000. If you are a giving person with $5, you'll be giving if you get $5 million. Because money doesn't change that. It just makes you more of whoever you are. And so what you need to understand is that getting on this budget begins to allow God the, the room to give you exactly what you need. Not what you want, but what you need. Tell your neighbor, get on a budget. Luke chapter 14 verse 28 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Can you imagine building a house and not building it correctly? I mean, that would just be a total mess up and a total flop on anybody's part. You need to have the correct blueprint. So if you're going to get this house, you got to have the right blueprints, right? Do you not? You got to have it. So when you blueprint a house, or excuse me, when you build a house, you got to have this thing. It's very, very important. Now, right now, if I were to show this to some of you, you would look at it and go, oh, yeah, I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. What does that mean? Okay, you got to have the construction type, type three. What, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you, know, you know, all right, good job. This is how many of you guys look at budgets the same way. A blueprint for a house is something that is needed. Why would you not blueprint a house the same way that you would not budget your life? But far too often we go through it the same way, the same exact way. Can you imagine if I would just come up here, grab a piece of paper, and be like, okay, uh, yeah, I think I just want to do it like this and write it like that, and I just sketch a little something, and I put it on this envelope and say, okay, here, that's how we're going to build a house. You would look at me and say, what's wrong with you? Give me a construction worker. Give me somebody who knows what they're doing. God has given you a life. Do you know what you're doing? Do you know how it goes? Or is it, eh, it's just five bucks. 
Ah, it's just 10 bucks. Ah, it's just $479 a month. No big deal. That $479 can become 5.6 if you put it in the right trust. If you put it in the right trust. See, something you and I need to do is we've got to get on a budget. Can I hear you say budget? budget? All right, number four. Are you guys getting some this morning? All right, number four. Save and invest. Save and invest. Listen, this is very important. You need to learn how to save money. This is something where I think as Victory Outreach folk, a lot of times we don't like to talk about this. But listen to me. What's the one thing that when you say the prayer that we tell you of what you are now? You are now saved. Right? You're saved. So guess what? You've got money. Learn how to save it. Save it. It's very important. I heard somebody once say, listen, you cannot out-earn stupidity. If you're stupid with money, well, that's just that. Nothing you can do. Remember, this is a behavioral thing. We're, we're talking about things that are, that are coming together that you really need to understand. These, these are not microwave principles. These are things that all intersect and come together. If you budget, you're going to learn how to save. Right? If you're putting this together, look, I'm really trying to relieve any stress off of marriages right now. I'm trying to relieve any and all stress off of your future. Because right now, if you think about it, some of you, don't you think about your future? But when you think about it, since it's so far, you go, ah, no big deal. You know, I'll talk about it another day. No, talk about it now. Some of you need to go home right now, later on, after this, get with your husband, get your wife, and say, okay, babe, how are we going to save? How are we going to do this? It's very important to do. You and I must understand what, when you save, you are preparing for what life brings your way. Yeah. Right. right? They used to say, save for a rainy day. Why? Because it's going to rain. The sink is going to break. The car is going to break. The kids are going to break. The wife is going to break. The husband is going to break. Something going to break. And if you're not saved for that time, you're just going to, what do they call it? I think it's called Murphy's Law, right? Anything that can grow wrong will go wrong. But you know what I've learned is that when you save, Murphy skips your house. Skips your house. Now, this is a principle I'm learning myself right now. I am getting this principle even right now, learning how to save. I've put money away. I have a savings putting it away. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a whole lot of money. I don't make a lot of money. I don't, remember, I don't make hardly anything. If you were to look at me, you guys would laugh at what I make. But that's okay. I don't, I don't mind that. But it's the principle. The principle. Not the amount. See, far too many people think, well, if I get $1,000, then I'll be able to save. No, 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 no. You get $100, can you still save? Can you still save? It's the principle of it. Can you get it? Because if you save, then all of a sudden you can't have what you want right now. But it's okay. It's okay. Work now, play later. Work now, play later. Save now. Tell your neighbors, save now. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20 says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil. So you must learn the principles of tithes and offering. Now, I don't have time to really get into this, but I remember the first time I read the scripture, it was about uh, 15, 16 years ago when the preacher brought it out, tithes and offerings. When he said tithes, I went, oh, oh. 
See, because all this time, I always thought it was tithe and offering, right? But about, I think in 1999 or 2000, I was at a youth conference, and I heard the preacher preaching, and he made a statement about tithes and offerings. So you mean to tell me there's multiple tithes? Yeah, there's multiple tithes. Like, whoa, whoa. My mind just went, what do you mean tithes? Because all this time I thought 10%, right? You give of that, and occasionally if you want, you give of offerings, like here's five bucks. Yeah, you know, that's what I thought. But when I learned the principle of tithes, I went, oh, oh. Now, I don't have a long time to get into this, but the multiple tithes, there's, there's actually, you won't read it in the scriptures, in, in the Bible about this, but the tithes, how Jews will tithe. I like it, right? I'm, I'm learning even a whole lot more within this, how they do the tithes and how they get the offering. But there is a, a way to tithe that they do off 21%, and you live off 79%. Three tithes. Tithes to the church, tithes to the priest, and tithes to yourself. Savings. That's what they do. You need to learn how to tithe to yourself. And then that's a, 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 a quarterly tithe, because the tithe to yourself, every three months, you take that tithe that you would do to yourself, and you tithe to the needy. Tithe to the poor. You will f- now, you won't find these words in the Bible, but you will find these principles there. You'll find the principles there. They're all throughout there. All throughout the scriptures where you find it. Oh, they gave and they did this and they did that. And we just read it and we go over it. Oh, no big deal. No, that's a tithe. You know that there is a tithe of savings to yourself. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. When I learned it, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. You got to learn how to save. Tell your neighbor, save. Save for what? Also learn how to save. Pay cash. Pay cash. I'll tell you one thing. If I were to give you a credit card of $1,000, and if I were to give you cash of $1,000, a month would go by, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to put $1,100 on that credit card. (laughs) But with the cash... You're going to feel a whole lot differently with that bad boy. With a credit card? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the number four, supersize that bad boy. Uh, yeah, give me the extra side of fries. Uh, give me one. No, give me two apple pies. Yeah, I want, what you want? I got you. I got you. But when you do it with cash, uh, I'm going to take a side of fries. And uh, you got yourself, right? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Totally different. Totally different. Because when you learn the principle of saving, it changes your life. And also investing. Invest in your future. Invest in your future, in your kids' future. I just gave you earlier what you would do with $479 over a 40-year span. You will be a $5.6 million millionaire. Get a trust. Get in there. Matter of fact, the, the, our money says, in God we so when you learn how to trust God, every, trust funds are easy. That's nothing. I've trusted God with my money. I've given him everything that I need, everything that I need. Listen, all this intertwines together, getting out of debt, getting on a budget, uh, understanding what it is to, uh, to invest and to save, understanding what this is, who, uh, what God has called you to be, uh, what God wants you to be. You can Listen, I know so many of you have so many different ideas, but you can't do them because you don't have the finances. 
you don't have the finances. So you're like, oh, man, fine. Just got to go to work. I don't even like this dumb job. I hate this stupid job. And you go to work every day, but you're working for the money because money's not stupid. Well, I got to make that. But when you understand the, the principles of the kingdom, then all of a sudden the fifth principle and the last principle become so easy, and that is the principle of giving. Giving. Somebody say giving. giving. I close with this right here. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 10 says, Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Read the whole context of Deuteronomy chapter 15. You'll love it. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 says, There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due and yet the results are only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. This is a principle. Look, I love being a giver. I love it. I love giving. If you've ever been around me, you know that that's just a part of it. I, and I, you know the thing about it is that I love being around people who also give. I love it. Isn't it like one of the greatest feelings in the world to be a giver? For though all you givers say Amen. It's a great feeling. Man, have you ever went into a restaurant and gave a substantial tip just for the heck of it? Doesn't it feel good? Now, for those of you that have never done that, you're like, I want to do that, but I've never done it. Because the borrower is a servant to the lender. You're a slave to whatever it is. See, in me and my life and in my wife, I'm, we're not no slave to nothing. And even if we do acquire something, I will make sure that whatever we get, we don't become a slave to that because I need to act my wage. So why? Because I love the principle of giving. I love to be a giver. I can't tell you how many times the feeling that I get when people go, hey, I like your jacket. And I go, cool. I just give. Now, believe me, when we first got married, I learned this principle even before I got married. But when we first got married, my wife used to look at me and go, what are you doing? I go, oh, no, 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 it feels great. It feels great. So about two, three years into our marriage, my wife caught the principle. She's been doing it now all the time. She, eh, no problem. I just give. I just give. I just give. I just give. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> the giving the crazy way. Crazy givers. I, I love whenever I see crazy givers. It's just crazy giving. Giving for everything. Here, you want this? Not a problem. Here, you want it? Not a problem. If I can help you, I got you. I read this story. This really got me right here. Look at this. There's a story about a young man in Bible college that says, when he was in Bible college, a tractor-trailer load of Tropicana orange juice was dropped off at the cafeteria every week. I wondered how a low-cost Bible college could afford so much expensive OJ. One morning in chapel, I found out how an older Italian man in broken English gave its testimony. He said he had come to the U.S. from Italy in the 20s as a young teenager with nothing but the clothes on his back. A Christian couple befriended him, and through their love, he came to know Christ as his Savior and Lord. One Sunday in church, he prayed, Lord, if you give me an idea for a business, I will be faithful to give you a portion of everything I make back to your work. That very morning, the idea of fresh squeezed orange juice popped into his head, and the rest is history. Anthony Rossi founded the Tropicana Company and has been faithful to give God not 10% of his income, as many faithful believers do, but he gives 50% of his income for the past 60 years. 
He also gave truckloads of free orange juice to Christian colleges throughout the country. Just being a giver. Just being a giver. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. The following, another true story. In 1984, Mike and his family belonged to the East Coast Church. To an East Coast church. One Sunday evening, the sermon was on sacrificial offerings, and a special offering was taken at the end of the sermon. The only money in Mike's wallet was a $50 bill, which was supposed to buy a week's worth of groceries for his wife, five children, and even for himself. However, in a move of faith, Mike put the $50 bill in the offering. Then, after the conclusion of the service, the family went out to the parking lot to go home. Within minutes, they joyfully returned to the sanctuary and asked the pastor to come outside and see their miracle. Somewhat skeptical, the pastor accompanied them outside to their 20-year-old station wagon. Peering through the windows, he saw that the interior of the vehicle was completely filled with bags of groceries. Happy for the family, he remarked that someone had given them a huge blessing. You don't understand, pastor, Mike told him. Before service, I made sure that all the windows were rolled up and the doors were locked. I have the only key, so it must have been the Lord. To which the pastor added, giving truly is the only key to God's provision. Listen to this. Mike had no family living in the area and no one from the congregation ever claimed responsibility. This was witnessed by the Reverend Robert Costa of Detroit, Michigan. In the editor's note, he said, it sounds exactly like Psalms chapter 78, verse 25. Men ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. Provided. Provision. Someone once has said, there are three kinds of givers. The flint, the sponge, and the honeycomb. To get anything out of the flint, you must hammer it. And then you only get chips and sparks. To get water out of a sponge, you must squeeze it, and the more you pressure it, the more you will get out of it. But the honeycomb just overflows with its own sweetness. What kind of giver are you? When it comes to giving, oh, man, I just want to overflow with the sweetness of honey. Now, it doesn't work, though, if you're not understanding what it is to act your wage, get out of debt, get on a budget. Like, it doesn't work if you don't know how to save. Because this principle, I know many of us, if not all of us, in this place want to be a giver, don't we? Man, I want to be a giver. I want to not just give in the offering basket. I want to give when I go to the grocery store. I want to give when I go here. When I see somebody in need, I want to be a giver. But it doesn't work if you're not in this practice. My prayer is, is that Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay would be known for a giving church. The church is not known by what it takes in but by what it gives out. Corey Tin Boom said, I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. I still possess it. I still got it. See, that's one of the reasons why we take our kids at a young age and we dedicate them to God. Because what we're saying is, I give my children to you. So as long as I give God my children, I still got them. But the more you hold tight to them, you just might lose them. No, you got to listen to me. Do what I say. No, I hate you. I don't want to be around you. Learn to give them to God. 
Well, see, your dollar bills are not talking back to you. But I'm trying to talk for them. Give me to God, and I will bless you. I'll bless you accordingly. Give to God what is rightfully his. Be a giver. Not just, listen to me, not just in church. See, far too often you think the pastor's going to come up here and say, you need to give more. Actually, no, you don't. Because if you're not a saver, you're going to be in stress. If you're not acting your wage, you're going to be in oppression. If you're not out of debt, you're never going to give. I'm not, believe me, I am not trying to tell you to give more to this church. Not at all. I want you to be a giver as a person, period. Just because. These are principles that will help you. Things that you're able to make. Things that you're able to do. I close with this as they come to the piano. You know, one thing, uh, I put them here in my notes, but Brother James Sicario, he is here today. I was hoping he was going to be here. But he helped bless me with a bike. Now, James, he didn't have a job at the time, but he, he put his hands to the plow. And he just said, I'm going to work it. Because that's one thing he knows how to do. He makes bikes. Matter of fact, his uh, username is the bike dude on Instagram. He's the bike guy. In other words, I ain't got a whole lot of money. I ain't got a whole lot of stuff. I'm not the car man, but I'm the bike guy. I'll help you. Sure, how are you going to help me? Let's make a bike. All right, he can make a bike. So what did he do? He made me a bike. It's pretty cool. I like it, too. It's a giant's bike. It's got orange walls. It's got the orange right there. And then it's a little black. Put a little giant symbol on it. Pretty cool. I like it. He even did the, uh, uh, the chain. It's black and orange. I was like, yeah. It's a cruiser. It's a little cruiser. You're going to see me cruising around in it. Just got to fix a little chain right there. As soon as I fix that little part, I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, put it together. He just put his hands on the plow. Simple as that. And trust me, when I got it, it made my day. See, some of you, you're looking for, give me a bigger house. Give me a bigger this. Give me more of that. Give me this. Just look at it. Just be content with where you're at. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. Just be able to ride around as long as you can get from here to there. Hey, if my four wheels breaks down, I got two. I'm cool. Be a giver. Be a giver. Be a saver. Be a budgeter. Get out of debt. I am so praying for so many of you this year that you're going to get out of debt in 2016. That's my prayer. I want to see you guys out of debt because then you don't have to lie. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? Because how many times do we come up, hey, how you doing? challenge you get apply these principles let them intermix together and watch the oppression leave your house the depression in your room has to leave the places that you've always wanted to go you're going to find yourself going to but right now i gotta work it i gotta work it i gotta work it. i gotta save gotta be a giver apply the principles of tithes and offerings tithes and offerings gotta do it apply these principles watch what happens in your life. Bow your heads with me here this morning. Praise the Lord.